welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors, and sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. For sports collecting news 24-7, visit SportsCollectorsDaily.com. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM, cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It is our fourth season, season four, episode number 15, and it is the weekend of April 17th. I want to wish everyone a happy Easter and a happy Passover, and we just had Good Friday. It's a big family weekend, so hopefully everyone can uh, sit back, enjoy some time with their family, and, and listen to some a cool podcast because you're listening to the nationally ranked sports card podcast. We are you're hosted by me, Jeff Baker. I am here in Boston, Massachusetts, and co-hosted by my friend and co-host for life out of Dallas, Texas, Mr. Drew Pelto. Hey, Drew. Hello. Got a lot to talk about this week. Busy week. Uh, why don't you let people know where they can find you on YouTube? Of course, we go to youtube.com slash Drew Pelto. Or if you just look up Drew's autographs on YouTube, you should be able to come to my page that way. Well, the easiest possible shortcut to finding all that, go to my website at dfwgrapher.com. And there's links to everything that I'm on right there, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, links to this show, links to our uh, radio show. It's all right on there. So make sure you go and check that out. And speaking of which, we have our radio show. Make sure you tune into that. It's the Sports it's a sports Collectors Club on Sports Map Radio Network. You can find us all across the country. And if you don't have a Sports Map Radio affiliate in your area, you can download their app and find uh, all the shows on there. You can, of course, listen to our back episodes at sportscollectorsclub.com. The golden voice strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> Drew gets an A-plus every time he does the, the line notes on those. Well, guys, we, we had uh, Drew and I had a, a busy week. I went to the uh, Rich Altman show in Wilmington, Mass. this past list last weekend and uh, got a lot of good stuff. I picked up a 1990. Uh, football tops football box for ten dollars i picked up an 88 flare um these all are unopened obviously an 88 flare baseball uh box for 20 bucks i picked up a bunch of autograph cards i picked up some ttm fodder and uh just had a had a really good time and it was good to see some of uh our listeners we got a bunch of listeners popped in and, and said hello because they they couldn't miss me because i had my ttm cast uh baseball hat on and shirt and that was kind of cool and i saw some some uh some friends that I, I've only talked to, but I never met, haven't met because of COVID. So that was a good time. And I got to talk to Ricky Henderson and Wade Boggs, which was was nice. So it was a, a good time. Went for Saturday. And Drew, you had a busy week uh, collecting as well, huh? I did. Yeah, I went to a total of so far two baseball games. Got one more coming up uh, later today. We're recording this Saturday. So got a Saturday evening game that I'll be going out to. But yeah, last Saturday hit my first minor league game of the year. Had uh, the Arkansas Travelers at the Frisco Rough Riders. That was Jack Leiter's first pro start. Um, looks really good. Looks like he could be the real deal. He went only three innings or so just to keep him at 60 pitches. Um, I think he allowed one run in there, but struck out seven across three wow. innings. Um, struggled a little bit early on the first uh, in the first inning or so. Went to three ball count on each of the first four batters there. But it seems like he was just trying to overthrow stuff. He was trying to, you know, light up the radar gun there a bit. And he hit 97, 98 on it a couple times there, but you could tell like when he tried to throw a curveball there and it goes only 57 feet, it's like, okay, dude, tone it, tone it back a bit there. You're snapping it off too much there. But once he got into the second, third inning there, he started looking really good. And 
I think you'll be seeing him in Arlington probably in the next, I mean, I think honestly, early next season, you might see him start, start the year with the big club. Is he a big kid? Is he a big kid? Not really, not, not a big guy at all that uh, I didn't think, but not very similar to, uh, to his dad. Of course, he's, you know, Al Leiter's son, Mark Leiter's nephew. So big league pedigree right there out of him. uh, He didn't sign at all. Unfortunately, he, uh, Avoided everybody that was inside the park on his way off the field and everything. And of course, you know, as a starter, he's not going to sign before the game at all. Um, outside, when we were waiting there, he took a side exit out. So only those who felt like chasing him to the parking lot were able to get him. And I did not feel like doing that. So I didn't get lighter at all, but did have pretty decent success, uh, both inside and outside. But uh, inside went for Arkansas on the inside, got a former Indians uh, minor leaguer, Rob Kaminsky. He's pitching there. He has always been a strict two per signer. So he was two per once again on this, but uh Got a few other prospects as well. Joe Rizzo, George Kirby, Caden Polkovich, um, Taylor Dollard, and Cade Marlowe each signed inside. Uh, their manager, Colin Cowgill, another former uh, well-traveled big leaguer, played the A's, the Angels, Indians, maybe another couple other teams in there, but he was great about signing everything. Taylor Featherston, he was a former Angels infielder. He's a coach slash player with them, so uh, he signed a couple cards. Outside, I was able to get Cole Reagans, one of the top uh, pitching prospects for the Rangers. David Garcia, one of their top catching prospects. Ezekiel Duran, who is one of the big names in the, I believe that was in the Joey Gallo trade. They picked him up. Uh, also got uh, Jonathan Ornelas and Josh Stowers out there as well. A couple notes on those guys. Jonathan Ornelas will not sign his 2018 Bowman draft card anymore. How come? It lists him for some reason, and nobody can figure out why, as a member of the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was drafted by the Rangers and has played his entire career with the Rangers organization. So I don't know why he's listed as an Arizona player on there. They even have him photoshopped in an Arizona Jersey and everything, but he will not sign those cards anymore. He signed them for a couple of years, but now he's got legit Rangers stuff out there. That's all he'll sign. And uh, Cole, uh, not Cole, um, Josh Stowers will not sign any unlicensed items. So I made like a custom four by six. He signed the two cards I had. He said, yeah, I can't sign that one. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So. Pretty good, though, overall with them. Uh, went for the Rangers alumni last night. They had uh, Jeff Burroughs, Toby Hera, and Al Oliver all in attendance there for last night's game. All of them, uh, well, okay, Burroughs and Hera both great about it, very talkative and everything. The person who was uh, kind of the wrangler at the table there was really getting strict, though, because uh, I had three cards of each of them with me. Burroughs signs all three, no problem. As soon as Harris starts signing all three, she leans over and says, only two per person. And then after me, it's like, only one per person, like screaming at people. <laughs> a friend of mine got, his, he and his like four-year-old daughter were in line well after me. They came through, she hands, his daughter hands Burroughs four cards. He starts signing all four and she just rips into him for doing that. It's like, they're here for an hour. By the time I looked back at 6.15 when they were done signing, there was no line. Everybody who wanted him, one of those guys was able to get through the line multiple times. So yeah tone it back a bit there. So uh, Al Oliver, he was one per, and it just seemed like he really didn't want to be there at all based on, I mean, just how he was at the table there. But I kind of get that. I mean, he's he can get 10 bucks by mail for any item. So it's like, why would he want to do this item and get what? Maybe his travel costs cover. That's about it. But yeah, I don't, do you think they get paid for doing that? I think they do a small amount. Like, I mean, Oliver's, you know, I, I think a couple of these guys are coming in from out of town. Hera's a local guy, so he doesn't have any travel costs to worry about. But I think it's got to be like, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks and free tickets to the game and stuff. So you know, right. it's not bad and stuff, but, but yeah, Oliver really, I don't know. He didn't really seem to want to be there. I handed him three cards. He's like, you want me to sign all these? I'm like, just that one right there is fine. We'll go with that one. 
But um, I went over to the uh, pregame broadcast booth as well after that, and I was able to get Steve Bouchelle and Mark McLemore over there. They both uh, do pregame stuff there for the Rangers. And Bouchelle can – I mean, both those guys can be a little bit crotchety about it and everything. Bouchelle, oftentimes he'll sign – he'll say, didn't haven't I already signed for you before? And it's like, yeah, you did, Steve, two years ago. So, uh, yeah, if you can remember that far back, that's great. But Yeah, more power to you. Yeah, and Macklemore, he'll, I mean, he will sit there and wait. He'll make you wait and hope that you give up and go away before he'll sign. But I got them both. I'm good with that. So hopefully they'll have, like, maybe uh, Mike Baxick Jr. there tonight or something like that, uh, Dave, uh, David Murphy, somebody like that. So we'll see. But overall, very good. Hoping uh, tonight goes even better. Cool. That's fine. I'm, I'm jealous that I didn't make it. Um, that, that, that sounds like a good time. Uh, guys, I want to, we have a, a really long show for you this week, but first I want to welcome a, a brand new sponsor, sportscollectorsdaily.com. They, uh, Rich Miller has been a show, a friend of the show since we started, since when he was our first guest, he was our guest on our hundredth episode. He was a guest on our first radio show. And now he's coming aboard as a sponsor of the show. So, uh, Rich and sports collectors daily will be sponsoring Baker's dozen every week so uh listen for uh, their commercials and check it out sportscollectorsdaily.com if you already haven't it's a, a great site also we have a brand new segment that we're going to launch this segment is going to run every other week starting uh next week we have an introduction this week we'll have a, a full segment next week and then we're going to go every other week it's called more from less and uh less wolf who was a, a guest on our show last week is going to be uh, coming on every every other week to talk about fifteen for fifteen minutes on one subject, one subject in depth. So uh, you know, talking with Les last week just for his interview, I could have gone five hours with him, and him and I spoke, and I said I I, I asked him if he wanted to come on and be a, a guest every other week, and we'll we'll cover a segment that's related to collecting and autographs, and it'll be a fun segment. So we'll have the introduction of that Les's segment. This week and then next week, we'll start with a full segment. This week, we have Andy Broom as guest. Andy Broom is senior vintage sports card grader for CSG. He has graded more than 1 million cards in his professional life. So he he knows more about card, grading cards, I think, than almost anyone in the country or maybe even the world. So we, we have uh, Andy on. And then next week, we have uh, Sam McDowell, sudden Sam McDowell former major league pitcher he pitched for the cleveland indians he doesn't like to use the guardians he played for the cleveland indians the uh, san francisco giants the new york yankees and the pittsburgh pirates uh in from 1961 to 1975 he's written a new book it's called saga of sudden sam the rise fall and redemption of sam mcdowell and we're gonna have sam on next week and, and hopefully we'll be giving away one of sam's new books autographed that's that's the plan so Stick out, uh, stick around for that next week. But Drew, we have all our regular segments plus the new one, right? We do indeed. Yeah, you mentioned Baker's dozen, of course. We're going to recap all the big news in the hobby from the week. More from Les. We get to hear from the great Les Wolf. I'm definitely looking forward to having that on the show now regularly. Uh, we've got a stamp of approval where we're going to be talking about all of our anything we want to give our uh, two thumbs up to here this week. Uh, we've got the Vern Rap Minute covering uh, celebrity and uh, sports and politics deaths from the past week, and of course. RTTM returns, which you all tune in for. Yeah, and I had a good week, and, and, and so did Drew. Guys, if you want to reach out to us to ask a question, because we love getting questions. If we use use a question, we'll try to get you a prize. You can text us at 978-729-0662. It's 978-729-0662. Or you can keep on filling up our my email box, because we're getting a ton of emails lately. Drew, what's the email address? That would be ttmcast at yahoo.com. 
All right, we're still waiting for the the email email jingle for from uh, Drew's band. <laughs> I'm gonna get get on you every week until we get that email jingle. But ttmcast at yahoo.com for all your questions, comments, and that's how you enter most of our our contests as well. Um, that wraps up our introduction, and we're gonna go right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen is next. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is the new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. And I want to welcome our brand new sponsor, sportscollectorsdaily.com. And I want you guys to invite you guys to check out my articles. I'm writing, writing a weekly article on TTMing and autographs and a, and a kind of a summary of what's been going on uh, for uh, that week's show on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And I also wrote a, a summary of the Rich Altman show, which I attended. So check out my articles on sportscollectorsdaily.com. As I said, it's a great site, sportscollectorsdaily.com. Uh, this one was really uh, uh, brings a smile to my face, Drew. This is a an auction item. Uh, you know, this we 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 talked about this one when it happened and, and when it was up for auction and when uh, the, the guy won it and this happened. We're talking, of course, about the last uh, T touchdown pass in Tom Brady's uh, illustrious football career, uh, ball football, and we're going to use that in quotes because it's not his last anymore, right? The day after this auction, the, the gentleman that bought the auction, uh, bought the ball from Leland for $518,000. Uh, the next day, Brady decided to unretire. So that is not going to be his last uh, touchdown pass. Well, the gentleman that, that bought the, the ball uh, worked out a, a deal with Leland, and they are refunding him his $518,000 and voiding the sale. Good for Leland. Good for the guy that bought it. Uh, Tom Brady should do something just for, for, for causing all this hassle and any legal legal fees. But, um, you know, I, I'm a, I love Tom Brady and I'm glad he's come back, but I feel bad for this guy. And it's good to see that he got the gentleman got his money back. Yeah, it kind of sucks for the guy that, you know, was trying to sell it and everything. But at the same time, I mean, the dude got the ball for free. He just had to catch the thing that was thrown up into the stands there. So it's not like he's really out like a huge investment or anything. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I don't think he even caught it. I think it was handed to him by Mike yeah, Evans. That's right. Yeah. So either way, I mean, yeah, it's, I got to say, I mean, Leland's did the right thing on this one for sure on that. But uh, a little more auction news out there. This time some uh, actual sales this time instead of voided sales. But um, the 0304 Upper Deck Exquisite LeBron James rookie card graded nine by Beckett just sold via Golden Auctions a $1 million final price tag on that one setting a record on that particular card. So uh, those high-end auctions are still, of course, being big things. And same auction, a PSA 9 1952 Bowman Mickey Mantle. So the second Bowman card of Mantle out there in a PSA 9 just went for $540,000. So really big prices out there right now, six and seven figures on a couple of cards in that golden auction. Yeah, that, I'd love to have that 52 Bowman mantle. That's a, a beautiful card. Well, our friends at Memory Lane, MemoryLaneInc.com has a new auction going on. It's April 23rd to the May 21st. It's a real high-end auction. These are great cards. They came across a 
collection of 1933 and 1934 Gaudi baseball cards, which are lovely cards. They, they had 311 cards in the collection that were all graded either eight or nine, which is unbelievable for a card that of that age. Uh, so check it out if you're into uh, Gaudi and, and collecting real vintage stuff. Uh, go to MemoryLaneInc.com uh, and you can learn more about their auction. Got some uh, big names added to the list for the National Sports Collectors Convention. Of course, it's coming up in Atlantic City at the end of July. Both Jeff and I will be out there for it. You got uh, Chris Chambliss just added to the list, along with Bucky Dent, Ron Guidry, and Greg Nettles from the uh, late 70s New York Yankees. A couple VIP free signers for anybody who has the super VIP or VIP passes. Uh, Ron Hansen and Mickey Morandini both have been added to the list there as well. So I'll be uh, definitely going for those guys. Big names from the Hall of Fame in several sports. You've got Alex English from the Basketball Hall of Fame, Dan Fouts from the Football Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Famer Mike Garrett, Heisman winner. He's going to be he's going to be out there as well. You've got Bob Greasy, Steve Largent. You got some uh, New York Giants added to the list as well with Phil Sims and Lawrence Taylor. Head south to Houston. You've got the Killer Bees of Jeff Bagwell and Craig Biggio both uh, added onto the list. Got a Spencer Haywood, Gary Payton, and artist Gilmore all being added in this week as well. Plus some baseball Hall of Famers in Tony Perez, Ryan Sandberg, Raleigh Fingers, and Johnny Bench. So the list filling up very quickly right there, which I'm happy to see that after their whole thing of, oh, we're going to announce one per day. No, they're finally uh, putting a lot more names out there all at once. So happy to see those. Uh, tickets are going on sale for that on May 26th. You can get your uh, autograph tickets there from TriStar. National, as I said, is July 27th through the 31st out in Atlantic City. And you can find all sorts of info on that through nsccshow.com. That is their website. Cool. Thanks, Drew. Well, a, a friend of the show and newly elected uh, to the Baseball Hall of Fame, Jim Cott, has a new book. It's called Good as Gold. It is available on Amazon and where uh, books are sold. It's 304 pages, kind of uh, chronicling Jim Cott's legendary career. Uh, I think the title is good as gold because I think he won 16 gold gloves as a pitcher. And, and I remember we asked Jim if he knew where all the 16 gold gloves were and he had no clue. He, I think he had a couple of them still left, but they, he gave them away to charity, gave them away to friends, uh, auctioned them off and stuff. So he's, he, I think he has a, still a few left, but uh, congratulations on Jim getting in the hall of fame. He was on the show uh, early in the year and he has a new book. Check it out. Good as gold. It is available on Amazon and everywhere uh, books are sold. Uh, Jeff and I have always brought up this uh, collects.app quite a bit. They've been really big on the show here. Jeff and I are big fans of their app where you can just uh, scan a card and find out exactly how much it's been selling for recently. Great app. Go and check it out if you haven't yet, but big congratulations to them. They have just hit 50,000 registered users. And this is an app that just started up maybe a couple months or so ago. And I mean, Jeff and I were probably among the first couple hundred there that were checking it out and everything. There are over 50,000 registered users now as of this week. So great to see that for them. Hope it keeps on going well as it has so far for them. Um, I haven't been using it a whole ton lately at all, but I plan to definitely use it a lot more now. They've got soccer and hockey on there. So if you haven't checked it out yet, go to collects.app. You can find all of it right there. Download it onto your phone. Great app. Definitely check it out. Yeah, and I used it in the wild the first time this past weekend at the Rich Altman Show, and it was really cool. I was, you know, if you're looking at a card and you want to, the guy wants $25 for it. And then you scan it and you're like, well, wait a minute, it's only going for about 10 or 12 bucks on eBay. And it really helped me in negotiations. So uh, check it out. Collects.app. One other thing I spoke 
to Sam, Sam McDowell the other day uh, for uh, the interview for next week. And he wanted to let everyone know that he is now charging $20 for cards. And he he's also charging more for magazines and, and uniforms and uh, such and baseballs. I think they were, it was about $50 if I do remember, but really the, the one, the one for, uh, that he wanted to everyone make sure everyone know about was $20 for cards. Uh, he used to be $5 and people, the, uh, said he was trying he was too low so he he upped his price to 20 bucks like the cost of everything else so sam mcdowell 20 dollars for cards uh and then we will have sam on next week but i just want to let everyone know about that we have a couple new releases to let everyone know about we talked about these last week but we just want to remind everyone uh, on april 13th panini contenders basketball came out these are 2021 20, 22 there's 12 packs per box 10 cards per uh pack which is that's pretty good 120 cards uh, you get in the box there you get two autos two parallels and two inserts or insert parallels in the boxes this is for panini contenders basketball 2021-22 goes for about five hundred dollars Got another uh, late football release coming out the 2021 encased football set is out now you get one beckett graded autograph card per box along with a non-graded autograph card plus two memorabilia cards and a base card it's a higher end product out there. So you get all that for about 900 to $1,000 out there. So a little outside my price range, but there's some pretty cool stuff in there. I agree. And lastly, this is probably the hottest thing uh, that, that has come out recently. Uh, they were uh, priced to the nines at the show at Rich Altman. And if you could find them, um, and I don't believe you can even find them in the wild anymore, but if you do pick them up and I'm of course talking about the 2022 Panini Prism WWE, that's wrestling. The blaster boxes is 24 cards in the box, four packs of six cards, is 200 base cards in the set. And the blaster box, this is a blaster box, Drew, not a, not a hobby box. Blaster box is going for about 70 bucks. And they can't keep them in stock. This is, it's incredible. I think a hobby uh, box was going for like $1,300, honestly. It was the, I can't, I never thought I'd see the day when, uh, wrestling cards weren't considered junk cards. You know, you when we were kids, I don't know if you were you, you remember WrestleMania and all that stuff, right? They they had the wrestling cards and, and everyone laughed at you if you put, picked up a pack of wrestling cards and you know if you got them when you were trick or treating or whatever and you'd be like, oh, what the hell do I want with a freaking pack of wrestling cards, right? It was just yep, like yep. you couldn't they couldn't give them away. And now you know wrestling is is obviously popular and this the, uh, the they I'm telling when I'm telling you. They, I think I, I, everyone, every dealer I was, I was sitting at the, the, you know, the local, the, the new stuff, they'd be like, you got any wrestling cards? No, no, we're all sold out. No, I can't get them. No, they're all sold out. So check it out. That is, that, uh, that, that is the hot, uh, box for the week, I guess, or, or a month. It's the 2022 Prism, uh, Panini wrestling boxes and they go for about 70 bucks well that wraps up baker's dozen uh for the week we're gonna go right into our new segment which is more from less with less wolf and now it's time for more from less with hobby legend less wolf guys i'm so excited to let you know that we have a brand new segment on the show we're calling it more from less and it is starring the pioneer in sports memorabilia biz business has been trusted in our business for over 40 years his name of course is les wolf he's a guest on our program last week and just talking to les i could talk to les for hours and hours and hours and i thought it'd be a good idea to bring him on every other week just to address one um subject about collecting and autographs 
and uh, we're thrilled to have Les as part of our, our program. So welcome, Les. Thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure. And by the way, I've been collecting for over 60 years, not just 40. No, but, but I didn't I'm know how long you've been in the business. I didn't want to, I didn't think you were starting selling when you were six or seven. But I was, there was no business then. And in, in the early, in the early, in the 60s and 70s, uh, it was, you know, really it wasn't considered a business. It was just a hobby. Sure. But, well, uh, Les, has been, Les has been collecting 60, over 60 years. And we, he is going to give us his expertise, knowledge, and uh, foresight in terms of uh, collecting and how, what to collect and how to collect and how to protect your collection. And some of the topics we're going to talk about uh, on this weekly segment, we're just really going to talk, uh, tackle one topic each, uh, every other week. And we're going to talk about um, stuff like uh, what pen you should use to sign balls and uniforms and pictures. Uh, should you pay for an subscription and what should you get? Uh, is multiple signed items more valuable than, than uh, a single item? And uh, some other stuff in terms of how to protect your, your collection and, and what you should invest in. Uh, so, Les, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of uh, subjects, and, and I'm really looking forward to it. So am I, Jeff. It's a pleasure to... Uh share some of my experience and knowledge uh, with uh, the king of TTM. <laughs> I've been calling a lot of things, uh, but the king is not one of them. Guys, if you have any questions that you want uh, or subjects you'd like less to tackle, just send me an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. Once again, it's ttmcast at yahoo.com. Send, send me a question for Les and I'll forward it over to him. And again, every other week, we're going to have a, a, a segment. We're calling it More From Less. It's going to kind of just be like uh, the old Andy Rooney segment on 60 Minutes for, for you old timers. So, you know, at the end of 60 Minutes, we used to have a great uh, informative, funny segment uh, by Andy Rooney at the end of 60 Minutes. So that's what Les is going to be do for the show. He's going to bring his expertise, his humor, his knowledge and uh, we're, we're looking for segments that you'd like to talk about. And guys, you know, we had Les on last week. We, we had a great interview with him and we just didn't have enough time. And, and I got probably, uh, you know, maybe a dozen questions on uh, protecting your investment. How do you, how do you protect your, your, your autographs? And I think, you know, that's gonna be one of the things that we really talk about in, in the next couple of weeks. Sounds good. So uh, why, don't you, why don't you give us uh, your thoughts on, on the segment? segment lesson what do you what do you like to get well, out of it what's interesting about this is as a collector myself and as a dealer from many years of setting up at shows and of displaying stuff and doing charity events doing the national doing conventions doing you name it you kind of learn the right way to properly protect and preserve collect it first off is collecting it then is investing in it because you're really investing not only your money but your time but the more important things that people forget about is how to protect and preserve it. Because 90% of the people out there right now, I guarantee you that they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing to properly protect it. I mean, for example, I went to a man's collection in Connecticut about 15 years ago. And unfortunately, he didn't have air conditioning in the apartment that he was living in. And he was a smoker. So that's all I need to just tell you. I mean, that collection was I, I paid considerably less for it because a large percentage of it was damaged. And I, I personally learned myself, unfortunately, that, uh, you know, that if you could have, that this could be pipes somewhere in your house or protecting, you know, what you think is a, a valuable closet in your house and they could have a flood. 
I mean, I can, I can mention this now. May Jean Michael rest in peace. I was called in by another appraiser and I was called into his house. He had a flood in his basement and he couldn't get back. George wouldn't let him get back into the house. And it was, it, it was submerged. And at that time, this is like 20 years ago. And I had to wear a mask that you, that's common nowadays. But back then I had to wear a mask in there and rubber gloves because everything smelled like crap. And yep. he lost a lot of money in there. So, you know, because he didn't properly protect it. And the reason why I got into the, this part of the business is because in Hurricane Sandy in 2012, I believe it was, I saw my in-laws house get destroyed from uh, Hurricane Sandy. And, and after seeing a number of things I had, I'd seen a number of collections that I had, uh, I, I copywrote Collect, Invest, Protect and Preserve. I've demonstrated and lectured all across Long Island here, Queens, uh, anybody, I've done it on, uh, on Zoom. Anybody who wants to hear me, it's about a 45 minute lecture and I take questions on it and I'm happy to help with that. But through Jeff, you have the rare opportunity to be able to get me ask questions. If I know the answers, I'm happy to help you. If I don't, I'll try to find out the answers. But this is a very valuable uh, part of collecting that is, believe it or not, is often not taken, taken seriously of. I mean, I had a collector that uh, at the time he had the number one Mickey Mantle collection. Then he went, he sold all his cards, made a nice sum of money. But before he sold them, I went to his, his office and I saw how his stuff got damaged in his office. He had me come back to his house to make sure his, his, his valuable mantle collection wasn't going to get damaged. But things like that, it's just unbelievable how people do not realize how you can lose a lot of, lot of money and a lot of valuables on your walls and in your offices. Right. Well, Les, no one wants to have their, all their collection in boxes and in closets, right? We, we, we want to display it. We're proud of it. And Les is going to tell us uh, the best way to display our, our items and, and protect them. Uh, this is going to be a, a how-to. Les isn't going to come to your house and, and, and do an a, a inventory and give you suggestions. But if you have pictures and you want to send them over, send them over to me at ttmcast.yahoo.com and we'll forward them over to Les. Uh, our first uh, couple segments are going to be on how to best protect your collection, how uh, what to keep them in, what's the best frames for pictures, how to protect balls, how to uh, protect uniforms, um, how to... Uh, just make sure that your uh, collection is protected against, as you said, smoke, water, uh, atmosphere, uh, you know, air conditioning, uh, humidity. You know, if someone's in Florida, they're going to have different, different, uh, you know, uh, conditions humidity. than someone that's in, in Arizona. So, you, you know, it all, it all depends. And too, too dry is not, not good either. So we're going to talk all about that with Les. Please send your questions and pictures to uh, me here at ttmcast at yahoo.com. I'll forward them over to Les. We will address them every other week. Les is going to be on. If uh, we get tons of questions and tons of things to talk about, maybe we can coerce Les into coming on every week. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, we're going to go every other week. And you know what, Les, I'm going to give you give you my uh, the first question. This comes from uh, Jeff Baker in Wilmington, Massachusetts. Uh, so we're going to... Do we know him? <laughs> So this is really a, wor a, a worth question for you. Um, somebody, you know, I'm sure like you, I, I get a lot of people coming to me and, and asking me if they, I want to purchase something or, or what something's worth. And this one really piqued my interest. It was a 1970 Boston Red Sox team baseball. And it was signed by Collier Stremsky, Tony Conigliaro, Billy Conigliaro, George Scott, Ray Culp, 
um, Rico Petroselli, uh, just some of the names that I saw. Um, the the Yaz last signature looked different than his signature today. So I don't know if he had a different signature back in you no know, 1969, 1970. But what I'm I want to ask is that it was all it was signed in pen. It was definitely signed by different hands. You could see I, I I've seen I haven't seen the ball itself, but I saw five or six pictures of it, and the signatures were were in pen, so they were faded. You know what I mean? So it wasn't a great like, oh, these, these it was certainly not a 10 signature. I would say probably it was a two or three at best. And some of them were probably a one in terms of quality of signature. The ball was in great shape. It didn't wasn't colored at all. Um, what do you think that, that would that that would be? Is that in a, something that you would invest in or something you would kind of pass on? I would pass on it. Yeah, that's kind of where I was too. It, initially, I saw it and I was like, "Oh, that's great," but then I started thinking. I was like, "It just—it's it, really they—they it, weren't asking a, a lot of money for it, but it just didn't seem like it was something that if I did purchase, I wasn't going to be able to move to move very easily." In collecting, you know, there's a lot of factors going involved whether you buy or sell. If you want to buy it or you want to keep it, something like that. Um, let's say it's a seventy ball where there's one autograph on there that you really need that's a very rare autograph. So in that particular instance, you would buy it. But if it's once it's got problems with it, uh, it's always gonna have problems with it. And chances are that it's fading now, it's only gonna get worse, yeah. no matter what well, you do, because you can't, you can't change uh, you know, what's happened to the ball already. It's not, you can't stop it from deteriorating. Well, guys, that's the kind of questions we're gonna we're gonna get addressed to Les. If you have anything that you want to ask Les, please send it to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Les, why don't I give out your email address and your phone sure. number just if someone wants to reach out directly to you? Les email is lwolf1823 at aol.com. It's lwolf1823 at aol.com. And his phone number is 516-933-7787. That, that'll be available on our website, on our, our podcast, podcast website, if you want to reach out directly to Les. But it, uh, it's probably easier just to send everything to me, and then I'll funnel it over to Les. Don't worry. Les will see everything you send. Um, and then hopefully we'll, we'll have some prizes to give out to anyone that we use their, their questions or, or comments on, on the, the, the show. Um, again, we're going to have a brand new – this is a brand new segment that we're going to start next week, and it's going to run every other week. We're calling it More From Less. And hopefully it is going to uh, shed some light on stuff like protecting your investment. Should you invest in something? Is it worthwhile? Um, how, you know, what pens and stuff you should use when you're signing, having balls or uniforms or pictures signed? Uh, you know, is it better to have an inscription? Is it worth paying for that? And what should it be? Uh, should you have a, a, a multiple item signed, team balls or theme balls, or should you just go for a single ball? All that kind of stuff, all autographed related in collecting questions, investing questions, as well as stuff that's happening in the news. So if something happens in the news, uh, we'll certainly ask Les and, and we'll address that as well. So we're really looking forward to it, Les. I want to officially welcome you to the program. We had a great talk last week. I said we could have probably gone another five hours and now now we have, have time, unlimited time with you. So thank you. Thank you. Well, we look you forward to it. Everybody can also look at my... Uh... Instagram post because every day I post something autographed with some interesting tidbits about what happened on that day in history. Yeah, follow less. It's lesswolfsportsllc.com 
is uh, his website. And I believe that's your Instagram as well, correct? Yes. Yes. So follow Les on Instagram. I believe Instagram, and... it's, it's, at, it's at Les Wolf. Right, at Les Wolf. I'm Just on Twitter. It... I'm on Instagram. I'm on uh, LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm all over the place. And now yep. I'm on Jeff Baker, but that's that means more than all the other instances. <laughs> you finally made it to the major leagues after 60 years in the in the, in the game, Wes. I... <laughs> you know what it is? I could have been a contender, but now I I, I could have been a, I, I was a pretender, and I could have been a contender. Well, so you know what? I'll have to get you like a for your first hit baseball or something, and and, and pass it along. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait for that one. Ah, oh, now you got me. I had one of my youngest sons friends when he's in a little league this is a card that um i got from yankees fan fest okay it's a picture yep. of me in the yankee uniform and here's a, the second one so these are the first two yet my rookie card so uh this has my stats on it so the kid actually believed me for years i was kidding around with him i said this is my card i used to play in the majors he believed it so it said it said my 1992 I batted 386, 468 at bats, uh, 180 hits, 109 runs, 32 doubles, 17 triples at 37 homers and 106 RBIs, along with 65 stolen bases. And it goes on 93 and 94. So, uh, you know, well, we, all have, we all have our little tidbits. I'm, I'm disappointed in you because there's my rookie card. And if you notice, I signed it. I didn't sign mine. You know why? Because it's worth more unsigned to most collectors, <laughs> and, and me being an autograph dealer, I didn't want to. I didn't want to ruin my face or anything, so I wanted to keep it, keep it, keep it pure. Well, I I signed mine that my kids gave, got it to me for uh, Christmas a couple of years ago, and the first thing I did was sign it. <laughs> and this is the, the this is the this is actually the first one, but I didn't like the picture so much. So uh, I like this one better. It's a better picture. All right, guys, so we're going to have our, our lesson every other week. It's The segment is called More From Less. It's going to be at the end of our Baker's Dozen segment. Please send your questions, comments, anything that you'd like Les to talk about. Send it to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com, or you can email Les directly at lwolf1823 at aol.com. It's lwolf1823 at aol.com. And we're gonna, we'll try to dig up some prizes for anyone that if we use your, your, your question or comment on the show. So thank you, Les, and we will talk thank to you. you. We'll, start, we'll start the segment next week. Sounds like a plan. All right, pal. Thank you. See you soon, everybody. Take me out to the ball game. Well, I hope you enjoyed my se my uh, our segment with Les Wolf. New segment. We're gonna have it every other week. Starting next week will be our first week, and then we're gonna go every other week with Les. If you have any questions or concerns or anything you want to uh, Les to address, just send it to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com. And I'll forward it to Les. And uh, it's going to be a fun segment. Les uh, has been collecting uh, autographs for over 60 years. He uh, has been, uh, he has a, a business selling autog autographs. He uh, is at all the major shows. He'll be at the National. And it's great to have him as part of the, the show, don't you think, Drew? Definitely. I've gotten to talk to him briefly a couple of times at the National there. And I mean, he's an absolute legend in the autograph community. So yeah, having him on the show, definitely a, a huge addition here. I agree. Well, we're going to transition right into our contest. Let's find out who won our, our, uh, our contest last week.
fair. We have a winner. We have a winner. And we have a young collector uh, who won the kids prize pack courtesy of collects.app. And uh, he, gonna, he's going to get a collects.app t-shirt, a uh, set of a box of, th- th- I think, k- a top loaders. Like there's 25 top loaders in it from collects. Uh, we're going to put it, we're going to send it, put in some TTM cast uh, magnets and some sports collectors club card stand. And I, I'm going to throw in some cards for him. He also has a top of pack of tops cards. So Braden, is a, uh, a son of one of our listeners and he's a young kid and it, we're, we're going to drop his prize pack into the mail. So Braden, if you're listening, congratulations. We'll, we'll drop it into the mail in the next day or two and you should have it by the end of the week, right? If the post office doesn't uh, mess up like they have lately, right, Drew? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Jeez. <laughs> well, this week we have uh, uh, in honor of Andy Broom show, uh, being on the show, we have a CSG baseball hat. So I'm going to give away a CSG baseball hat to one lucky listener. And Drew, how do you enter? That would be sending it to ttmcast at yahoo.com or go to our text line at 978-729-0662. Well, that wraps up contests of the week. Um, we had a, a question from a listener. We always, I get, I always get tons of questions from listeners. I usually try to answer it um, via email. Um, but this one I thought was kind of cool for both. It was addressed to both Drew and I. And I thought it'd be cool to talk a little about because it's something you really don't talk about, right? Uh, Bill, it's from Bill Void. He's a listener. He's, he said he got a return from Freddie Lewis. He was an NBA and ABA player, I believe. Uh, and he said that was his worst return ever. And uh, I, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but he, Bill was not happy with the, his return. And, and the, Bill's question to us is, what was a, a TTM return that you received but would have rather not gotten back? Now, that's an interesting question for us, right, Drew? Because yeah. what do we do? If we send something out, we send it out because we wanted the guy's autograph for one reason or other. But mm-hmm. is there anything that you've ever uh, received that, that you wish you actually hadn't written or hadn't sent out a request to? It's kind of tough thinking of that because, I mean, yeah, it's like anybody that I send to, it's because I actually want their autograph for some reason. I can, I can put a positive spin on just about anybody that I have ever sent to. Uh, for me, the only one that I kind of wished I hadn't sent out, and it was more because the post office screwed it up, was uh, Chico Moreira, who's a soccer player. And uh, I got to say, Braden's dad will appreciate this one because he and I have actually talked to uh, indoor soccer autographs before a number of times. But um, Chico was kind of almost a little bit of a white whale for me for a while when I started doing my uh, indoor soccer project because I couldn't find where he was. He was I, I found like seven different addresses for him, all of them in Northeast Ohio. And so I tried out like three of them and didn't get anything back on them. Got returned to sender on, I think, two of them and one never came back. So I finally, I got one more. I'm like, all right, I'm going to try this one. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, whatever, I've given it my best shot. I mail it out. It comes back to me body bagged. It got destroyed by the postal machines. And the worst. Um, Isn't that and, the worst? Oh, yeah. And he... What's what makes it even worse? I mean, there's literally a hole in like two of the cards that I got back in this thing. But Chico signed all of the cards though, which is what made it work. It's like he, he I finally found him. He finally signed for me, and the post office destroyed the thing for me. And it's like, oh God, now I have to find these cards all over again. I have to hope that he doesn't change addresses again because there's you know 17 of the things out there. But um, yeah, I haven't even gotten around to doing it yet yet at all i've got the uh the one with the hole in it sitting in my set uh my set binder there and stuff so it's like it's great that i was able to find the guy finally it's great that i was able to get him but god the post office screwed up and it's like oh god, i just wish i had i wish i hadn't done it on this one so yeah 
Yeah, well, I had one. This is uh, actually Drew uh, kind of turned me on to this one because I didn't really know. Um, I sent out a, a request fairly, fairly recently to Chad Curtis, and I was kind of a big fan of his as a player when he played for the, the Yankees and the Angels. I always he was kind of a speed guy, and I always like to try to draft him in, on fantasy. And I saw he was signing, and I sent it out. And I guess uh, this is, is un, unconfirmed, I guess, Drew, because we're not accusing anyone of anything, right? But Chad's had so, some uh, brushes with the law and some unsavory behavior. Is that the best way to describe it? Oh, it's definitely confirmed. I mean, he okay. did prison time on it. So, yeah, he has done that. Yeah, I didn't realize that. And I, if I had known um, of that, I probably, I, not probably, I definitely wouldn't have sent it out. Um, you, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, uh, I don't know, idolize or, or, or put these guys up onto uh, anti, some type of pedestal, um, you know, if they've really slipped and, and what Tr- Chad was uh, accu- uh, accused of and, and convicted of is kind of na- rather nasty. So um, um, uh, Chad, Chad Curtis return is, is my uh, one that I, I didn't really uh Wish I got never sent. Wish I never sent out, and wish I never got it back. Well, that that uh, that's a cool question. If you guys have any questions, any cool questions, uh, we always love to have them on the show. Um, you just can send it to our email address, which is ttmcast at yahoo.com. Yeah, send it and just send like a you know question. Uh, send it to like um like cool question or cool story in the in the tagline because um my e- our, my email box is filling up week week after week which is a good thing we're getting a lot of responses but if you have a cool question or a cool story to share with us especially ttm and send it on on us to uh ttmcast at yahoo.com well uh, next up is making the grade making the grade is brought to you by diamond service grading fast accurate transparent Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. I just want everyone, make everyone aware that CSG has a new registry award. They're doing, they're, they're calling it the 2002 CSG registry awards. And it's the first time ever CSG registry awards. And um, what you, they ask, they're asking you to do is to go in and uh, register in the CSG registry. Uh, and up until everything through uh, July, first of uh, this year they started lot they launched the registry in september 2021 and then everything that's registered the best uh, set that is registered and that doesn't necessarily have to be a set you just be all the cards that you uh, have in their their system uh, are going to be eligible for more than seven thousand dollars in prizes this year so that's kind of cool our winners will be announced on july 29th and we'll promote it on the future shows but you can go to csg.click forward slash rewards awards to enter at csg.click forward slash awards to uh, enter and register. And uh, it, it's a pretty cool program. So check it out. CSG. Um, our friends at HGA are having a little problems. Huh, Drew. Yeah. They're doing some uh, reorganizing right now. And uh, so starting on April 20th, they're going to have to shut down submissions for about five to seven weeks there as they uh, work on all that. So uh, unfortunately getting, uh, having to slow down and close up there for a little bit but hey i mean anytime you can reorganize and hopefully get things going a little bit better definitely helps things out so best of luck to them and getting all that going and we'll look forward to seeing them return 
Sure. And then uh, lastly, I just want to let make everyone aware of our friends at Diamond Service Grading. That's gsggrading.com. They have a $5 coupon code, which is $5 off their standard $30 submission rate. They have they're, meet, they're meeting their 30-day turnaround time. The coupon code is exclusive to TTMcast listeners, and that coupon code is 4HMUGTZG. Once again, it's 4HMUGTZG. You don't have to write it down. It's available on our website. Uh, give DSG a, a, a try. They're, they've been grading for about a little more than a year. Now, naturally, they were a, a local California company, and then they started grading about a little more than a year. Uh, a very solid company. We've had Michael Clark, the president, on. They have a cool thing on the label, the QR code. You scan the QR code, and it gives you a, a complete details of why your card got the grade it did. They have new era, uh, era labels, I think six or seven different label designs to choose from. And also, they have a cool overnight service that they've just uh, launched. So if you set overnight your card to them or whenever you send the, the card to them, they, they're going to do it in a day, quick turnaround. Um, it, it is a little pricey, but I think it's $125, $150 or something. But check it out, Diamond Service Grading, dsggrading.com. That wraps up making the grade. Next up is the TTMcast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. Drew, you want to take it? I can. Yeah. So uh, my stamp of approval for this week, we've of course, you know, got the baseball season underway now and my Cleveland guardians have finally decided to put some money out there because I mean, one of the biggest, one of the biggest criticisms of the team over the last few years has been the cheapness of the Dolan family and refusing to put money into their big names and everything. And we're finally seeing them actually spending some money this week. Jose Ramirez, the uh, slugging third baseman, perennial MVP candidate, signed to an extension. He's under a seven-year, $141 million deal, largest contract in team history. So happy to see that. I mean, this is a guy that, uh, I mean, they had to let Frank, uh, Frankie Lindor go and trade him away. They've had to do it with half the pitching staff, it seems like, there with, you know, shipping out Trevor Bauer, shipping out um, Mike Clevenger and a couple others. So for them to actually put some money into Jose Ramirez and keep him around long-term, that is a great sign for the fans. Um, it's finally, it's good to finally see them actually open up the wallets there. They extended Miles Straw's contract as well. So finally, it seems like the Dolan family is willing to put a little bit of money in there. And uh, I mean, there's talk of them still trying to sell the team, but that at least makes it a little bit, uh, a little bit better for some prospective buyers out there having those guys under contract. So my stamp of approval, the Dolan family finally opening up the pocketbooks and uh, keeping Jose Ramirez around. Yeah, I mean it's too bad they have they had such great talent. They had such a really good team, and they, you know, they they let Corey Kluber go, and then they let Lindor go, and they just I don't know it, it's, you know, there's all sorts of guys that they just let go. They kind of like the Oakland A's, and they have that marvelous ballpark that fills up. I'm not quite sure where the disconnect is. Maybe they're not making a ton of money on their local TV or whatever, but with, with the national TV and all the money that's out there, I would think they could, they should be able to play, pay their players, but you know, it's their team to do what they want, but it's, the fans kind of suffer. So I, I'm a big Jose Ramirez fan. So I'm glad he signed uh, back with the, with the guardians. Uh, my stamp approval is going to a donation and no donation. I learned about a company that's uh, taking uh, con, you know, your commons, your base cards and uh, cards that you don't want anymore. And it's called commons for kids. It's commons with the number four kids.com. And they've uh, donated over 16 million cards to kids which is fabulous. They're located in Kentucky. Uh, check it out. They're on, uh, they're on, um, I found them on Twitter. I believe they're on Instagram, but I, they're definitely on Twitter and they definitely have a website, uh, Commons for Kids. 
uh, com. If you're looking for a place to get rid of uh, a bunch of commons that you have around, if you're a breaker and you have a bunch of uh, commons, just base cards lying around. And these these all are going to kid, kids to get them interested in collecting, which is really cool. So check it out. Commons, co commons with an S for kids. It's a, it's a great cause. Well, that wraps up TTM cast stamp of approval. Drew, somehow we've gone a couple of weeks without any food stamp of approval. So I think we might have to do some food in the next couple of weeks. What do you think? I'm going to have to change that up. Yeah. I'll see what I can find for next week. I think. <laughs> well, that we're going to go right into burn rat, the burn rat minute. The Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. And we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers to let them know who passed away in the world of uh, celebrity, in the world of uh, sports and politics. Uh, anyone that you might uh, send a uh, TTM request to. The first one uh, was uh, we're going to talk about today is comedian Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert was, of course, the voice of the parrot on uh, Aladdin. He's a, a, a crazy comedian. He's a, a really funny comedian. He was a really funny comedian. Uh, he, he used to be on the Howard Stern radio show all the time. Uh, just a, a very funny, funny guy. And I understand that his um, funeral was part funeral, but also part roast almost. And that they, they were cracking jokes through the whole thing. And they thought that Gilbert would have loved it because Gilbert was kind of ir irreverent. Uh, I was a big fan of his. I did not have his, his autograph, but he was a TTMer. He passed away uh, after a long illness. He was 67. I will say also Penn Gillette wrote a great piece on his death recently. Um, I think it was for LA Magazine or something like that. So if you get a chance, go and check that out because it was really well uh, well written. Uh, Jim Bronstad, former pitcher for uh, the Yankees and the Washington Senators, died this week. He was uh, 86 years old, pitched from 1959 to 1964. Solid TTMer as well. But uh, yeah, spent uh, five years in the major leagues there and lost him this week. Yeah, we lost a uh, uh, former pitcher, Joe Horatland. He pitched from 1961 to 1972, primarily with the Chicago White Sox. He finished his career up with the Oakland A's. He actually won 19 games in 1967. That was the year that the White Sox and Tigers and Red Sox fought for the pennant down to the last, and the Twins uh, fought to the pennant down to the last kind of weekend. And uh, he, had, he won 116 games in his 12-year career. He pitched a no-hitter in 1967 versus a very good Detroit Tiger lineup that included uh, Al Kaline and Norm Cash and those guys. So uh, it was pretty good. He, uh, he, he became ill, I believe, of Alzheimer's and his last TTM was 2016. And uh, Joe Horland was 87 years old. It's crazy. You can win 19 games in a year and toss a no hitter and not win the Cy Young award. But Jim Lonborg had that huge year. Of yeah. Course. He had a huge, huge year. Uh, Gary Brown, longtime running back uh, died this week. He uh, played 1991 to 99 with the, uh, Giants, the Chargers, and mostly the Houston Oilers is where I remember him. He absolutely tore up the Browns for a couple of years there in the early 90s. Uh, Penn State running back there, of course, uh, their absolute running back factory, it seems. He was just uh, one of many that they had coming out of there. Not a TTMer, unfortunately. Uh, also coached a bit across uh, later in his life. Uh, he was 52. Yeah, we lost uh, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, of course, was a quarterback out of Ohio State in the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he had a terrible accident. I believe he got hit by a a truck trying to cross a highway down in Florida, if I, I do recall. 
Yep. Um, and he was not a TTM, but he was only 24 years old. He just re-signed to, with the Steelers, so he was going to be uh, probably have a, maybe having a shot at starting or at least a backup job. And it's a, a shame that we lost somebody so young, so talented. Uh, Doug Sutherland, also from the football world. He was a defensive tackle for the Saints, Vikings, and Seahawks. Played from 1970 to 1981. Not a TTMer at all, but uh, yeah, he uh, died this week at age 73. Yeah, we lost uh, Garrett Burnett. Garrett played for the Anaheim Ducks in uh, one season, 2004. He was a left winger, and he was 46. I got to say with uh, Burnett also, he was a Cleveland Lumberjack in the IHL. So he was a guy that I grew up watching there when I was a kid. He spent uh, one season there, if I remember right, but that year that he played in Anaheim, only played half a season, but had close to 200 penalty minutes in that half season. So he was uh, known for throwing the body around quite a bit out there. Did he get hurt? Did he hurt himself that way? You know, I don't know. He uh, Well, he was involved in, he got jumped by a guy in a bar back about 12 years or so ago, 12, 15 years, ended up in a coma for like a week from it. Got just a, I think it may have even been a group of guys, but they never figured, they never arrested the person who did it. I don't even, I don't even know if they know who did it. But he was involved in several civil lawsuits over all of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, never found who did it. I don't know if that uh, played into any of the stuff here. I haven't heard anything about a cause of death at all on that. But two-sport uh, two athletes really played a pro lacrosse for a little while, too. Is he the one that flipped the puck to you? Did you get a puck from him? Yes. Uh, the first time I ever got a puck at a game, it was after warm-ups of a Cleveland Lumberjacks game. And uh, Burnett, he was coached for a long time by Nick Fatiu, who was a legend, legendary tough guy back in the 70s and yep. 80s. And Fatiu was famous for after warmups, he would flip all the warm up pucks to anybody in the crowd who was sitting there behind the net. And uh, Burnett picked up on that from Fatiu, just, you know, kind of becoming a fan favorite and giving back to everybody there. And I had a sign when I was like, I would have been like, what, 15 or so at a game, just said Burnett rocks on it, held it up, and he flips a puck right to me there. And so, yeah, I had that from him. And I uh, never got his autograph at all. I wasn't really collecting, uh, I wasn't doing a lot of autographs heavily at that point at all. But a friend of mine was able to get him for me about a couple of years later when he was up with Anaheim there. So I do have a card signed by him at least. But Oh, good. I was going to ask you if he had a card. It's kind of, that one's a little out of my wheelhouse. You know, I know I only played one, one year, but I knew you had uh, a relationship with him and uh, I'm glad to see he did have a card. Yep. There's a, a minor league card from the, uh, it's actually the, uh, would have been what the 99, 2000, I believe it was uh, lumberjacks team center, 2000, 2001, something like that. But okay. What the last year of lumberjacks is all kind of blurring together now for me. Well, we lost a Hockey Hall of Famer uh, just yeah, the other day. Yeah, state of the hockey world here, uh, Mike Bossy. That's a little bit of a shock. I knew that he was battling cancer, and uh, they had said something about, uh, you know, them upping the treatments here in the last uh, week or so, but didn't know quite how serious it had gotten. But uh, he died this week, age 65 only, but he was a Hall of Famer from the class of 1991, four-time Stanley Cup champion with the uh, Islanders when they were on their crazy run in the early 80s there. Played 10 years with them from 1977 to 87, 573 goals in that time. I believe he may at one point and may still hold the record for the uh, highest average goals per game in an NHL career. Yeah, I think he still has it. Yeah. I know Mario Lemieux was like right behind him there at one point. It was pretty darn close there coming in. But uh, he would occasionally TTM. He did. I know he did a lot of shows and everything, but uh, he had actually signed a little bit up through about January of 2021 was the last TTM that he had signed. Uh, He was one that I needed for a set and never got it out to him at all, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, he died, as I said, uh, 65 this week. So fairly young there for uh, for him. Yeah. And I think he retired early because he hurt his back. I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. So he, Back or hip or something. Yeah. He, he was a rookie of the year in 76, 77. And, um, you know, uh, he was a Calder Cup winner and just a, 
a great scorer. He would he would kill the Bruins. Uh, the, he, well, he, he, there's not many guys that that uh, matched him in terms of skill of getting the puck in the net. He just every he just had not any ability to it. And uh, I, I had posted on, on social media yesterday. I think I had uh, I, I want to the foresight, the luck. I picked up a a, a slab 1979-80 Mike Bossy card signed for uh, $30 and just because I knew I had heard he was ill and I really liked him and I didn't have his autograph. So I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll pick that up. And just, just by chance, uh, I added that to my collection. So that was pretty good. The uh, last guy we, we lost was Drew, John Drew. John Drew was a two-time all-star in the NBA. He was a very, very good player in his day uh, from 1974 to 1985. He played with the Atlanta Hawks and then he got traded to the uh, Utah jazz and um, he was, and I, I think he might've been, been uh, was, were they New Orleans? Were they in New Orleans still then? Or no, he was Utah. They got, tra- he got traded to Utah, right, Drew? Yeah, pretty sure. I think they moved out of New Orleans around maybe 80, 81, somewhere around there. Late yeah, I think he was, he was with Utah, but he was a very good player. Uh, and he had drug problems. Uh, you know, he was kind of ca- caught up in that kind of mid eighties drug craze that, that hit the NBA. Uh he passed away uh, yesterday, I believe, and he was only 67 years old. Well, that wraps up the burn wrap minute. We had a lot this week, uh, a lot of guys that uh, well, we were fans of and, and uh, you know, we're, we're sorry for the, for the losses and condolences go out to friends and family. Next up, we're going to do our TTM returns. Now is the time to submit your sports cards to CSG. CSG offers some of the fastest turnaround times in the industry at the most affordable prices, ranging from three to 45 business days and grading fees as low as $12 per card. Take advantage of the improved turnaround times and get your cards back in your hands with the new CSG label, faster than ever. Go to csgcards.com for details. All right, Drew, enough of this downer stuff. You know, let's talk about some fun stuff. You know, we like... we we uh we this is why we do TTMing out. I'll do mine first because you've got eleven. You 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 kind of wipe wipe the floor with me every week. But I I've been I've been getting back into it. I got um a Bob Cousy card that I picked up at a um a comic book store in Salem, Massachusetts for a quarter, and I sent it off to him, and he sent it back to me like in less than a week, uh, an upper deck uh, card, and he signed it and he personalized it and. I don't know, know about you, Drew. I really do not mind personalizations. I know some guys don't like it, but, um, I, I, you know, something that's personalized to me, I put, I'll put it in a frame and put it up on the wall with, with all my other stuff. I, I really like, I don't really mind personalization. Yeah. I mean, 90% of what I get, I keep, I do a little bit of trading and that's about it. So if I was personalized it, fine. I'm good with that. I'll hang on to it. Yep. Then I got uh, Doug Rao. Doug was a pitcher for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers on his 1980 tops card and it took a, a couple of weeks um I, as a kid i don't know if you remember this game uh, uh all-star baseball with this you know with the, the circle disc and the spinner and you'd spin the the thing well my yep. brother and i used to play that game uh, all summer and we'd keep stats and keep box scores in the whole nine yards and doug raw was always one of my pitchers i don't know why he was i had his disc and i loved him he, he was great he was a, he was a pretty good pitcher in his day and i was a dodger fan so i got him on the 1980 card i got uh elroy face roy face uh, he was a played for the pittsburgh pirates forever a relief pitcher and i picked up this this card i bet if this i sent this card in it would get a nine or a ten that's how perfect this card was 1969 tops card 
I got it for a quarter at this at this uh, place and uh, this car, this comic book store. And I, I sent it off to Roy to get signed, and he signed he signed it and returned in uh, in, a, in less than a week. It was it was a, a quick turnaround. Then a couple other ones I got Dwight Davis who played for the Cleveland Cavaliers on his seventy four seventy five uh, tops card. I got Billy Keller who was a uh, a member of the Indian the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. He played it with Purdue when he was uh, played his uh, professional with the Pacers, and he was only uh, five foot ten. He was a guard, but he was a pretty good player. And uh, he signed the card for me, a nice blue Sharpie, again, at about two weeks. I got Archie Clark on his 1970 uh, 475 tops card. Archie uh, played for the uh, Washington Bullets, and he signed in a nice blue Sharpie for me. And then I, I got um, Pat uh, Glenn Combs. Glenn Combs played in the ABA, and he was called uh, the Kentucky Rifle. And for good reason, he had, he ranks third in all-time three-pointers uh, attempts and shots taken in the NBA. He played for a number of teams, including the Memphis Sound. He also played for the uh, Utah Stars in uh, 1971 championship team. And he signed my card in, in a couple of weeks. And the last one I just got yesterday was Cedric Jones, who was a wide receiver for the New England Patriots. And I got it on a pro set card. Um, and he signed it nice blue Sharpie with uh, his number 83. And that took, I don't know, a couple of weeks to send it to his home. And I've got a couple coming back today. And I also have uh, between 40 and 45 ready to go. Uh, I picked up, um, I don't know, about 11980 tops football cards. And I went through and I pulled all the guys that signed TTM. So I'm sending about 40, 40 to 45 uh, 1980 tops football cards out to guys. See if we get some signatures. Well, that wraps up returns to me, Drew. How'd you do? I did pretty well. Got it. As you said, there are 11 of them that came into me this week. Uh, start back on the 8th. I ended up getting three in that day with uh, Stephen Teft was one of the first ones there. He's in the 2021 Allen and Ginter set, but he's a tattoo artist and was on the FX show Ink Master, and I believe won their first season of it. But uh, they gave him a card in Allen Ginter, and he signs through his shop out in Connecticut. It was about a two two-week turnaround or something like that on those cards. Uh, Tim McCarver, I had uh, two set cards made for him, plus his 1962 Tops rookie card that was part of my dad's collection when he was a kid. So sent those off. He's a $10 fee to sign those. Came back about, I think, a two-week turnaround on those as well. Uh, how about former Miami Dolphins wide receiver Mark Duper? Super Duper has just started uh, signing again here fairly recently. It was through a business address, I believe, in Florida. He's also a $10 fee on that, but I was able to get him for my Tops fan favorite set that I'm working on. That's a beautiful um, yeah. set. That top it fan is. favorite is a beautiful set. I love that. I mean, I'm doing all three of the baseball sets and the football set there. And I love with that football set that they have like the uh, kind of themes for each team that's in there. So like they had for the Patriots ones, they had the Grogan's Heroes guys that were yep. in there. The big blue wrecking crew for the Giants defense that was in there. All that kind of stuff. I absolutely love that set. It's a lot of fun to work on. And I've gotten a little over halfway done on that one so far. I'm kind of stalling out now, though, on guys that are alive and signed for uh, affordable prices. So. We'll see how far I can get on it, though. Uh, let's see. Moving on to April 9th, I was able to get Rick Nash back. He works in the front office of the Columbus Blue Jackets now. He's got some kind of unpredictable turnaround times. I've seen some that have taken, like, up to close to a year. Mine was about maybe two, three weeks or so. Didn't take that long at all. But a very good signer through there. I was able to get his uh, top's rookie card signed. So Yeah, mine was almost two years. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a uh, Rick Nash Bruins card that I – I found somewhere and I picked it up for like, you know, a dollar, whatever. And I sent it off to him. And then I, I totally forgotten it. It came, it came back. This was about a year ago, but I think it came, it took about two years. Yeah. So 
little unpredictable there on Rick Nash if you're sending out to him. But, uh, I mean, two years, two weeks, either way, you're probably going to get it back from him. He's been a pretty good signer there uh, by mail lately. Yep. Big day on the 11th, uh, starting out with uh, Frank Bullock, who was a infielder for a long time for the X. Well, not for a long time, but briefly for the Expos. He's in the Mariners organization, probably a couple other minor league teams as well. But he's on a 1992 Tops, uh, Top Prospects card with a couple other guys. Craig Paquette is on it as well. And two guys that I don't believe made it to the majors at all, but all four of them signed by mail. So it's going out to Paquette next, and we'll work on those uh, last two after that. So got him back about a three-week turnaround, I believe, on that. Uh, got soccer player Pato Marchetic sent to him back late last year. This took about a six-month turnaround or so, but he's one that I needed for my indoor soccer project. I've really been sending out a whole ton for those lately. And with Mar- Marchetic, I sent to him a couple years ago two cards. He signed one and returned it and kept the other ones. I'm like, oh, crap, I need both these for the sets. And a friend of mine tried him on another card, got returned to sender on it. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to try it one more time here recently and finally got him on that one. So good to go on him finally. I uh, got George Foster back as well. $10 fee on him. Signed both the cards that I had for that. And uh, Mad Magazine cartoonist Sergio Aragones signed a, a custom index card that I sent along with a little quick uh, self-portrait sketch on it as well. Uh, let's see. April 14th, got Chris Sabo back on my fourth try. God, that one took me forever. I mean, I had him really quick. I sent it out to him in like less than two weeks. He, he, he came back. I, I got a return from him. Yeah, this one took I think on the weeks. same card that you you got. I think yeah. it was the same card that you got. Yeah, this one only took two weeks as well. But I mean, I tried in 2011, sending to an address in Cincinnati and got no return. Tried 2016 to an address in Florida with no return. Tried 2021 to University of Akron with no return. And finally, this one I saw, okay, he signed through that Florida address. Let's just go ahead and get this out there. Try one more time. And yeah, fourth time ended up as a charm there in a two-week turnaround. And finally got two in on the 15th, Byron Hanspard, former running back for the Atlanta Falcons out of uh, Texas Tech. Second round pick in 1997, I believe. Got him on four cards. And Angels closer Rysel Iglesias, one of the few current players who signs by mail during the season. Quick two-week turnaround on that, but he signed two cards. I had one for my Heritage set and one as my first 2022 tops card to get signed. So I now... Once again, and back to a complete run of ni- of one card at least from 1951 all the way to 2022 there on Tops cards. Did he sign? Did you send it to spring training or did you send it to the team? I sent it to the team right after spring training broke. So about almost exactly a two-week turnaround. Yeah, you know what? Just kind of watching the returns, there were few and far between for spring training this year. Yeah. I saw Gavin Sheets sign. There was a couple other guys, Iglesias, just a couple other like minor guys signed. I think spring training was kind of a wash. I'm hoping next year. It comes back, but uh, you, you never know. Well, just is that it, Drew? We, that, that's a pretty good week. Yeah, it's a pretty good week. That's the last one there. And going with that, just on spring training, it seems like it just gets less and less every year of the number of guys who sign. And it used to be, I mean, you go back, you know, 15, 20 years, you, that was your one place where you might have a chance at a guy like Derek Jeter, where he'd answer like, you know, maybe 1% of his mail, but at least he was answering something there. But now it's like everybody's answering maybe 1% at most, so... When you send in the um the to the comic book guys the 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 artists do you ask them to do a sketch for you? I ask yeah if they, if they don't mind if they've got you know a little time just you know a quick sketch of a character or something like that. So uh, I'll show you here. Unfortunately, uh, listeners can't see it, but that's the uh, Sergio Aragones one did his little self portrait right there. Cool. Drew posts all his stuff on, on um, Instagram and and Twitter and stuff. Drew, why don't you give out people your your uh, social media stuff just in case they want to follow you? 
Yeah, if you didn't catch it earlier, I'm at DFW Grapher on just about everything that I use. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. Um, those, are, those are pretty much the only two that I use, actually, besides my uh, YouTube channel there. But if you look for DFW Grapher, that's that's me. Cool. Well, thanks, Drew. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a good week. I'm, I'm, I have a lot out there now, and I know you do, too. So we'll, we'll get some returns coming. Well, that wraps up returns. Uh, we're going to go right into our TTM cast interview for the week. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. I had the pleasure of interviewing Andy Broom. Andy is Senior Vintage Card Grader at CSG, and he talks all about what's been going on at CSG, their new label, their new grading uh, scale, as well as some future plans. He also talks about grading the T206 Hornus Wagner card which is unbelievable. So stick around for my interview with Andy Broom. That is coming up next. But first, here's a message from our friends at CSG. CSG is excited to reveal its brand new certification label. The new label matched with the hobby's best holder will enhance and preserve your cards like no other certification option. Green is gone in favor of a black, silver, and gold palette that will complement the colors of any sports card. Up your collecting game with the new CSG label, as well as the fastest turnaround times at the most affordable prices. Get the new label today at csgcards.com. Joining the show is a true expert, probably the man that knows more about grading cards than anyone in the world. He's been a professional card grader since 2000 and has graded more than a million cards. I'm talking, of course, about Mr. Andy Broom, who is senior vintage sports card grader for Certified Sports Guarantee, that's CSG to you and me. Welcome to the program, Andy. Hell, hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Andy, it's been a real exciting uh, couple months for you guys at, at CSG. had a, had a, a great uh, announcement and introduction at the Mint Collective uh, that we'd like to talk about. You know, you got a brand new label. What um, brought a necessity to have a new label? Well, you know, one thing that uh, we do, not just at CSG, but all of our companies, you know, Certified Collectibles Group, is uh, we do listen to the, our customers. We do listen to the feedback we get, good and bad. And, uh, you know, we, we, we adapt. We make changes uh, based on customer feedback. Uh, and so, you know, we had uh, quite a bit of feedback about our original green label. And it was enough for us to, you know, we felt like we, we need to do some more research. We need to dig into this deeper. There, there's obviously a, a concern here. Uh, so, we, you know, we conducted market research. We, we conducted uh, some very focused uh, focus groups. Uh, and, you know, we, we decided that uh, not only was uh, the, the, the vote was for a new label, but also a few other things, you know, we, we also made some changes to our overall, to our grading scale. And uh, we actually dropped subgrades. And, uh, you know, like I said, we went into the focus groups uh, looking for ideas about the label and came out with three, three changes that, that were asked for. So, so that, that's, that's what led us to where we are today. Was it hard to forego the green? I know it's kind of a company color. Was it hard to, to forego the green as on a corporate level? You know, again, you know, we're, we're always adapting. We're always, we, we, we're always moving forward, it, it, you know, here at CCG. Um, and it really, it wasn't because we knew it was a change that had to be made. It's what our customers were asking for. So, um, 
so no, we just we we made the change and and uh, we came up with um, some different concepts and we we were all excited and ready to move. And, and me personally, uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, the label that the new label we have now is exactly the direction I wanted to go. I, I love it. Um, and so I was very excited when it came out, uh, when we started looking at the designs and, um, uh, you know, the green label is, it, it was really, it was a good label. Uh, you know, it was built for security over, uh, aesthetics, but we also wanted it to be, you know, pleasing to the eye. Um, but you know, as we found out the green just, it, it took away from the card too much and, and as a collector and, and, and dealers as well. You know, you don't want the label to take away from the card. The label's there to give the information, you know, present the information of the card and the grade, of, of course. Um, but you don't want to overpower the, the card itself, the eye appeal of the card. So, so yeah, that, that was one of the things, you know, with the green that just felt like it did take away from the card too much. So, why don't you let people, you know, we're on, you know, we're on radio here and, and podcast is kind of hard to actually see the grade, but I, you know, the, the label is really cool. Why don't you let people know just some of the, the, uh, major changes you made in the look of the label yeah so i mean we really completely uh changed everything about the label everything is completely different so you know to start with uh the label has a black border that surrounds uh the the edges um and at the top of the label on the left hand side is our csg logo uh and then on the uh, opposite of that is uh, spelled out certified sports guarantee one of the security features uh, over the CSG logo is our, uh, our uh, hollow foil. It's a proprietary hollow foil that we use on some of our other labels. Uh, that's one security feature. Um, some of the other security features, you know, like microprinting and, and some other technologies that we use. You know, again, this, this label, like all our other labels and all our verticals, it's, it's about the security. It's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's first and foremost, and then aesthetics after that. And uh, so this label is... Uh, actually, uh, you know, I think it actually has a few more security features than the green label did not, it just worked out that way. We were able to, to add a few more things. Um, the, the, the place on the label where the overprint would go, the overprint is the, uh, card data. And, and of course the grade, everything that we print on the label, uh, it's a gradient gray. And so it's not a white background. Uh, and, you know, overall, it's, just, it's, a, it's a nice balance. Uh, you know, it's, like you said, we're on radio. It's a little hard to, to, to describe it. But, uh, you know, a quick search online or our website, uh, you know, listeners can take a look. But uh, it, it, is, it is vastly different from our original label, for sure. Yeah, we're speaking with Andy Broom. Andy is Senior Vintage Sports Card Grader for CSG. You can go to csgcards.com to look learn about everything that csg has including the new label andy you also um you you mentioned earlier you 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 uh changed or updated your grading uh parameters and, and that kind of is in more line with with uh kind of the industry standards right yeah it is uh, you know um originally our, our grading scale was a uh, you know one to ten scale of course and jim meant being a 9.5 um and as, as most listeners know, that that's uh, the, the scale that Beckett uses as well. And, you know, for many years, that that was the uh, it was it was really an industry leading scale, uh, especially on modern. That that was the scale, uh, nine five gym mint and subgrades. Um, but, you know, even in just the last 12 to, to 14 months, you know, the market has changed so much that uh, it's not really the king of scales anymore. And. Um, 
you know, that's that was part of our market research and our surveys. And, and uh, you know, people were very, very vocal about they wanted an industry standardized type of scale, one to 10 scale where 10 is gym mint. And so, you know, we realized we, we do need to realign to to the the rest of the industry. Uh, that's what that's what our consumers, you know, that's what the customers want. We are speaking with Andy Broom. Andy is senior vintage card grader for CSG, and he is a true card grading expert. Well, uh, Andy, there's just been a huge boom in, in, in grading in, in the hobby, right, for the last year. And, uh, you know, CSG, thankfully, didn't have to shut down because of, of the sheer volume. And I know you had a lot of backlog, but you've, you've kind of caught up to that, right? We did. We actually got our backlog down to, to zero. We got back to our, our published turnaround time. And it was 100% because of our, our, you know, we scaled up to meet demand. Um, you know, that's, that's a big, this is the biggest focus in our industry is, is turnaround times, maintaining turnaround times. And, uh, you know, you, you can do some things to, to, to help with that or, or to, you know, uh, try to reduce those. But what it really comes down to is, is operations. You have to scale up to meet the demand. And we have, um, you know, we, we've, uh, just since I, I've, I started, um, you know, we've added three buildings to our complex. Um, and so we're, we're rapidly expanding and also in staff, you know, we we've, we've increased our staff. We've increased our classroom training for graders, uh, and also for verifiers. Uh, and so we're able to, to take on more personnel so we can increase, you know, increase our staff to meet the demand. And that's been the key that and our, our logistics, you know, our, our goal is when a card comes in the door, it doesn't stop till it goes out the door. And, and that's not a pipe dream. That's very doable. Um, but you have to scale up to be able to do that and to meet that, that type of demand. And that's what we've done. So that's what we've been able to do to, to get our, our um, turnaround times back to where we want them to be. And that's where we are now. And, uh, you know, as we continue to grow and we've already seen, obviously, an increase in business uh, with the new labels, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to grow our staff. Well, you were at the Mint Collective recently. Uh, what were some of your takeaways uh, from the event? It was the first year of the event. And what did you learn, you know, from being on, I know you were on a couple of the panels. What did you learn at the Mint Collective? You know, the Mint Collective was a great show. And, and I hate to call it a card show uh, because it really, it was more than that. You know, there was a marketplace where, where dealers were set up selling, buying and selling cards. Um, but the real focus was it, 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 this was an industry conference. This was the, the, the movers of the, of the industry. Uh, you know, eBay was, was the big sponsor. They had a nice actual store uh, in the middle of the floor, but um, it, it was, it was great to be able to talk to uh, a lot of the industry leaders. Uh, and then a lot of uh, industries, a lot of companies from outside of our hobby were, were there, you know, it, it's no secret, you know, as, as cards have become a, a uh, an investment class, you know now now this is an asset that that uh, uh, you know companies are and individuals are investing in. So there's a lot of uh, financial companies that were were there, and so it's very interesting to see how the hobby has changed uh, again just in the last 12 months. You know, I know, you know we all talk about the pandemic changing everything, but uh, to me it's amazing what's just changed in the last year. 
And, uh, and I think this show reflected it, you know, there, there's a, there's a lot going on in our industry right now and, and a lot more is coming. Uh, and so it was, it was great. You know, again, like you said, this was the first time anything like this has really been done on this level, uh, with, with, with the players that were involved. And, um, I, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. I've, I've been going to card shows forever. And so I don't want to classify this as a card show, but it, you know, it was, uh, I think this is what every card show would like to be, uh, where you have your traditional card show going, but also, you know, these, these panels, um, you know, I was on the panel of the uh, future of card grading, uh, but there was all types of panels. NFTs was a panel. Um, how to become a millionaire in, in, in trading in sports cards was one of the panels. But uh, uh, yeah, it was a really good show. It's really, really good show. I know that, uh, uh, or at least I've heard that they're they're planning on some, you know, this is a reoccurring show and I hope so. I hope that it continues to grow. When we return from break, we'll hear more from Andy Broom. Andy is senior vintage card grader at CSG. That's CSGcards.com. And he knows more about grading cards than just about anyone in the world. Stick around. We'll be right back. We're speaking with Andy Broom. Andy is senior vintage sports card uh, grader at CSG. Uh, CSG.com is where the website. Andy, I know, um, you guys are always looking for graders and, and how does somebody become a grader? What, what uh, qualities are you looking for uh, to bring somebody in? Yeah. You know, for, for us, uh, you know, set up an interview, we'd have you come in uh, and take our grading assessment test and tells us, you know, where, where the individual is with their abilities. Um, but, you know, it, we're looking for, for people who have experience, not necessarily been grading professionally, uh, but you've been grading cards on your own. You're buying and selling or, you, you know, you, you've had to have done some submissions and understand the grading process, understand how to, um, you know, basically screen cards. How, how do you screen your own cards when you're submitting them? What are you looking for? Uh, you know, that, and, and that having, having some years of that kind of experience, buying and selling, having cards graded, that's kind of the baseline. That's, that's like the bare minimum. You know, you really got to be able to understand card grading. Um and then, you know, from there, after assessment test, if it's, a, you know, pass the test, then we would uh, hire the individual and put them in our, our classroom training. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is, as I've, I've said before, you know, I, I, can, I can train most collectors and dealers to, to grade cards professionally uh, on, on, you know, for our scale or whatever scale. But the challenge is the uh, alterations and counterfeit detection. That is the the by far the the hardest uh, thing to to learn and to train. Uh, it's more than just uh, having samples of here. This is what a trim card looks like. Uh, as as you know, there's so many cards. I mean, I, last I, I looked, I think you know, cards that are cataloged, I think are somewhere near 13 million entries. You know, and so that's a lot of different types of cards to to know all the nuances of you know alterations and then counter types of counterfeits and whatnot. So. An individual who has that has some experience with that, that's definitely a leg up in, in uh, getting a job as a professional grader. Well, guys, if you're interested, you go to csgcards.com. I believe there's a career button and you can click on that if you're interested in becoming a grader and, and moving down to beautiful Sarasota, Florida, which is, <laughs> is there's a lot of worse places to be in the world. Um, we are speaking with Andy Broom. Andy is senior vintage card grader for CSG. And he is a true card grading expert. Andy, 
you know, you guys have been grading, CSG has been grading cards for over a year now. And just what are some of the, your, the favorite cards that, are, that have come through that you've graded? I know you're a vintage, you know, tobacco pre-war uh, guy. And I'm sure there's some cards that have come through that, that even you have lost it after. <laughs> yeah, you know, as bad as it's going to sound, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been doing this long enough to where I, I'm pretty jaded. You know, uh, what most people would think are amazing cards is just kind of a, an everyday thing, um, which is kind of weird to say that, but it, it is true, you know, so it really kind of takes something special to kind of, to kind of spark it for me, you know, and, uh, but I just, I love the tea cards. I love pre-war, um, even just your, just a common T206 with a common back. I, I just love it. I, I love being able to see those every day and, uh, you know, I haven't been able to grade as much as I, I've been uh, as I'd want to here in, in the last, you know, 12, 14 months. But um, uh, when I do get to, to sit down and grade, it's it's just always a joy to, to, to have some nice pre-war. Um, you know, one card was submitted a while back. It was a, a is an E90-2 uh, Wagner. Uh, and so it's that 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 image, you know, I, I, one of my favorite cards is the E104 Nadja Wagner. And so the E90-2 is is you know, this basically the same front. And so getting to see cards like that come through is, I love it, you know, but, uh, but even, you know, the Gowdies have had some, uh, just this past week had, had uh, a couple of really nice Ruth uh, Gowdies, 33 Gowdies, you know, and those are always great to, to see. So when those, those, those kind of uh, vintage cards come in and I'm running, you know, the real good cards, so to speak, quote unquote, do those go right to you? They're like, Oh, look, that one's for Andy. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to let him grade that one. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, you know, I do have some graders who, who, who have trained on vintage and, and, and are grading vintage, but uh, if it's pre-war, it, it definitely has to go through me. Yeah. You know what? We mentioned at the onset that you graded a T206 Hornus Wagner. How did that come about? Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's always cool to get a chance to, to hold a Wagner in hand, uh, you know, and I've gotten to, to, to handle a number of them over the years, but uh, I've graded one. Uh, back in, in uh, 08, uh, there was a find of um, just north of um, 500 T cards from an individual who, um, uh, you know, was actually uh, pretty down on their luck. They had uh, uh, lost job recently. Um, their home was in danger. They're getting down to the point where they're, they're having to look for things to sell, try to make some money. And uh, his grandfather's baseball cards he had he'd had in a box, in a, in a real shoe box, uh, under his bed and had been there uh, in the same house for, for something like 60-something years. And so uh, they've taken the box out a few times or whatever and actually had put the, the cards by teams and put them in sandwich baggies with a with you know masking tape that said, you know, whatever team on the, on the baggie. At least they didn't put them in uh, rubber bands, right? No, 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 but just not, not uh, just shy of that. You know, it was really, uh, it was crazy. And so, um, you know, at the time they were uh, a, a test batch of these cards were submitted. And, uh, you know, one of the coolest things about my career is I've gotten to see firsthand some new to the hobby collections, collections that were put together by, by people in the, around the turn of the century who, who smoked the cigarettes and actually put the, you know, cards together the collection together. And it's so cool to be able to see that because we can see patterns. We can see what cards, what series of backs were sold in a certain area and everything. So, so I really like that. That's really cool. 
so but one of the, th the one of the things about seeing collections like that is uh when i saw this this test submission come in of these t cards i could tell that these were all from an original collection you could tell these were all been together very similar condition um and so it was enough for me to to spark uh, a conversation with our with our uh, sales reps and our customer services. Hey, let's uh, let's give this individual a call. I think there may be something here. And um, and sure enough, uh, called the gentleman. He said, uh, "I do in fact have more of these, and it is in fact an original collection from these were pulled straight from the packs." And of course, the first question after that is always, "Well, do you have the Wagner?" And uh, his answer was, "I do indeed have the Wagner." Did he and know so what he had? Did he know he what he did, had? He, he, he knew it was valuable. He knew that the cards were valuable. He had no idea how valuable. Uh, you know, again, he was just hoping to be able to have enough money to, to not lose their house. Um, and so then, uh, you know, we, we had some conversations and quickly uh, informed him that uh, the kind of money he was looking at. Um, so we, uh, we traveled to his, his location and uh, to look at the cards and to get secure secure the Wagner because we didn't want to ship that we're going to actually just fly it back with us and uh, and needless to say it was 100% authentic and uh, it was something like 515 cards in the whole collection um, with some duplicates all sweet cat backs you know so it was just uh, that not only was this Wagner never seen before in the industry but we know it came you know we we know the individuals that, that where this came from we know it came from a pack with all these other cards and it was a uh, it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So I, that uh, is a, you know, that was the one Wagner that I actually got to grade. And, uh, and it was cool that it was such a cool story. And, and, you know, in the end, uh, the individual, I mean, obviously they, they uh, financially, they, they, they came out just fine. We are speaking with Andy Broom. Andy is senior vintage card grader for CSG. And he is a true card grading expert. You must have been driving up there. You must have been shaking your head like, can you believe this? Is this real? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, the, you know, people will say, well, I have a Wagner or I have this or I have that. And, you know, I'll, I'll say either, you know, send me some pictures or whatever. And uh, it, it's funny. Every time that this has happened, that it was real, you knew it right away. Before you saw the photo, you just you just know. You know the story and you're like, yeah, that that's that's probably going to be real. And then you get the image, you're like, that that's it. You know, uh, it, it's funny how that works. Uh, you know, it may be one out of a thousand, um, but the times where it's been something that's been discovered like that, it's just, you, you just know right away, yeah, this, this is a real story. We're speaking with Andy Broom. Andy is senior vintage sports card grader for CSG. That's csgcards.com. You can learn all about CSG. And if you have uh, cards that you want to submit, how, Andy, how do you go about submitting the cards it, and how do you set up a, an account with CSG so you can submit cards? Yeah, it's, it's all on the website, csgcards.com. We have our online submission form uh, and our membership programs are all there. You can just go right to the top there uh, uh, of grading cards, how to submit. And it has all the all our fees uh, and uh, the online submission form. So there's nothing that, you know, you don't have to print out and fill out forms and it's all online. You can just submit it directly from the website. We try to make it as easy as possible. We are speaking with Andy Broom. Andy is senior vintage card grader for CSG, and he is a true card grading expert. What level of services do you guys offer, and what are the turnaround times? So right now, we um, we just updated our turnaround times. Okay, so you know our turnaround times are 
are based on our tiers uh, when you're submitting cards. So those tiers are value-based, meaning um, each tier you can submit a card worth up to a certain amount. So our lowest level is bulk, and uh, that maximum value per card is $250 per card. And bulk actually has a minimum card uh, to submit under bulk. It's 50 card minimum. Uh, that's our only tier that has a minimum card number. Uh, you know, our next uh, tier up is what we call economy. And so that's um, 500, up to $500 uh, per value, uh, per card value. Uh, current turnaround time is 25 days right now. Uh, and I'm sorry, let me go back to bulk. Bulk's at 45 days right now. Uh, our next level up is standard. That's a maximum uh, value per card of $1,000. And uh, that's currently 15-day turnaround. Uh, then we get up to our, our higher tiers. We have Express, which is a max value per card of $10,000. And uh, currently that's at seven business days. Wow, that's pretty good. Yes, yes. So like I said, we, we've really, we've, we, it's all hands on deck to be able to get our turnaround times, you know, where we are today. And, and, uh, and you know, we want to maintain that. We want to keep it low. We want to, you know, that's the two things, keep the turnaround time low and, and the cost per card low. Um, our two top tiers are what we call walkthrough. So a walkthrough has a maximum value per card of $50,000, and it's currently a three-day turnaround. Uh, and then finally, our top tier is unlimited walkthrough. So this is cards that, that uh, are valued at uh, $50,000 and up. Uh, and that that is a, currently a three-day turnaround as well. Oh, that's great. Now, Andy, um, what is kind of the percentage breakdown in terms of vintage cards? And I'll say you know, in the 70s and older too, um, you know, more of the, the, the more recent and newer cards that, that came out in the last couple of years? Yeah, you know, the, definitely uh, right now are, um, you know, we, we see more modern than anything uh, and uh, ultra modern, what we call ultra modern. Uh, vintage is a, is not, um, you know, our, our, that's not the, the biggest portion of our submissions. Um, you know, I don't really have a breakdown right now in front of me of what that is, but, um, you know, if I, yeah, I actually, I can't even take a guess. I'd have okay. to go look, but it, we, we're definitely receiving more, uh, modern, uh, than we are vintage, but it's interesting because the vintage we're seeing is, uh, really, uh, what I, what I consider better vintage. You know, of course we're, we've seen a lot of seventies and even eighties, you know, on our bulk tier for sure. But our, our upper tiers, you know, like I was saying, you know, I, I just, I love seeing T cards and to see as many as we're getting in uh, and, and good looking, you know, cards of hall of famers. Um, you know, it's, it's great to see that for sure. Now I'm sure you see a lot of Jordans and LeBrons and those guys, but yep. is there, is there an upswing in anyone recently, you know, Wander Franco or, um, you know, I don't know, just uh, John Morant, or is there is there an upswing on some of those guys? Yeah, you know, as far as the the percentage of, of individual players, that seems to been it seems to be staying pretty consistent right now. Of course, Jordan is is always top of the list, um, but yes, baseball right now is is really big. We're seeing a lot of 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 ultra modern baseball, a lot of prospects and things of that nature. Obviously, because we're we're about to start the season. Um, but that, that's definitely been the, the focus here. And then, you know, soccer, soccer is, is, we see a lot of soccer and, and not just modern, ultra modern, but a lot of great vintage soccer. Uh, I would say that's definitely one of our categories that's, that's really growing. 
Yeah, I'm not, I, you know, I've never really gotten into soccer, but I understand, you know, the younger kids really, really are into it. They all played it when they were, they, they were kids. And, and when I say younger kids, I'm saying college kid, age kids and, and such, but uh, it seems to be becoming really popular. Um, you know, I know you guys have a lot of uh, stuff coming up on your plate in terms of new things for, for CSG. Is there some stuff, some things you can let us know about, about things coming from CSG in the next, uh, you know, before the end of the year? Oh man, there's so much I would love to be able to tell you. <laughs> uh, but some things that are coming up that, that I can tell you, uh, have some new holders coming out. Um, we're always expanding our, our holder, uh, you know, sizes. We're trying to get uh, new sizes and new, new types of holders. Um, you know, we, we have four different size uh, thick for our thick holders. We can accommodate up to seven and a quarter millimeter. What's awesome is that the overall footprint remains the same as our standard holder. So they all interlock, they all stack. Uh, but we've got some new holders coming out. We have what I call a tall boy holder. That's actually going to be out soon. We'll, we'll more about that uh, here in the, in the coming weeks. We'll be talking about it. But um, we definitely have some new holders coming out and can't wait for that. That's that's our, our big one right now. Very cool. Well, I, I want to um, let everyone know I, I was up at, at uh, CSG, what, about a month ago, now a couple weeks ago and had a tour and i want to thank you for that it, it the 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 fabulous it is fabulous your operation is fabulous just from one year to, to the next how much you guys have grown is, is fantastic um just one more thing andy and let you go because i know you're busy because uh, you never sleep all you do is grade cards so we understand <laughs> pretty <that>. much <laughs> <laughs> you know one of the things that, I, that last june my my kids took me out to the baseball hall of fame for uh, Father's Day, and I understand you worked on the baseball card, the shoebox of treasure exhibit. Uh, how was that, and, and what, what was your input in, in helping get that up and running? You know, that uh, the shoebox treasure, I, I love it. It's such a great thing that, um, you know, that one of the, one of the, uh, the curators at the, at the Hall of Fame told me the story that, uh, you know, they always had baseball cards on display, and I've been going to Hall of Fame for, for a very long time, and I've seen several versions of remodels, you know, over the years. And the cards were always an afterthought. You know, they were not on the main floor, and it was towards the end. And there's – oh, by the way, here's some baseball cards. Yep. And so even the Hall didn't like that. They felt that that was, you know, uh, not, not, not the best display, you know, the best use of some really amazing cards that the Hall of Fame uh, owns. Um, so – uh, at one point, they finally just pulled the display all together because it just wasn't a, you know, wasn't what they wanted. That was by far the number one complaint of everyone going through the Hall of Fame. Where are the baseball cards? Where, why did you pull the baseball cards? And so that was the point where, where they realized, okay, we, we got to bring them back, but we got to do this right. You know, we got to give them the, the, the give cards the credit that they're due uh, in the history of baseball. And so they conceived the Shoebox Treasures, which is a wing of the, the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, that celebrates the baseball card, everything from, from its origins, the manufacturing to the photographers, uh, how cards are put together. There's even a, a, a 50 Schwinn bicycle on display with a card in the spokes where you turn the, the pedals and you can hear what a card sounds like in the spokes. Um, so, you know, that was, that was a really, when I found out about it, um, uh, you know, I have to uh, shout out hats off to Dr. Jim Beckett. Um, you know, he was involved with that and, uh, and he, he was the individual who, who got me involved. And, um, you know, they, they proposed the idea of what they're looking for, what, what type of themes, what, what subjects they want to cover, you know, and so on. 
and uh, you know, the baseball hall of fame is kind of like baseball. They, they're, 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 uh, their tradition is everything, you know, they don't make a lot of changes and then they nope. do their, their slow changes. So, you know, card grading uh, has never really been on their radar. Uh, it's never been something that they, they had any interest in or, or really, uh, you know, I say what they didn't really understand it. And so as they were putting this together, shoebox treasure and kind of mapping it out and what they want to do, they did realize that, Hey, you know, grading is, is a very big part of, of, of card history. It really, you know, it, it's, it's a whole industry now, but the history of cards, you, you can't tell the history of cards without card grading. And so I was fortunate enough to get to work on, uh, on the card grading display, uh, being able to show some examples of graded cards and, and, and what they look like at different grades and, and kind of showcasing the whole grading process. So, um, what my, my what I always like to joke about is if you ever go, there's a loop and a UV light there in the display. The, the, that was my loop. So actually, uh, <laughs> you made it to actually, the Hall of Fame, Andy. You made it to the Hall of Fame. That's yeah, kind of cool. yeah. And that is actually a good loop. And, and it, it was kind of a very last minute at the end of the deal. It's like, hey, we should have greater tools in here. So uh, I do miss that loop. But uh, fortunately, I, I have a few others. <laughs> Well, we're speaking with probably, and not probably, definitely the the person that, that is the 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 foremost expert in grading cards. He has graded over a million cards in his life since two thousand. That's professionally, not including all the ones he did amateurly, right? His name is Andy Broom. He is senior vintage card grader at CSG at CSGcards.com. Andy, one last question, then I'll let you go because I know you're 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 really busy. Um, technology is, is kind of been. Uh, the buzzword lately in grading and cards. What do you see um, some of the new technology coming into the grading world in the next year? Yeah, you know, this is actually a topic uh, at the panel at the Mint Collective, and, and it's a great topic because, you know, we've all heard, oh, AI, AI is this and AI that, AI is going to take over the world, and it, and it might, but, um, you know, real AI right now is not what, what TV and movies portray. You know, like a, real AI, you know, it's perfect for things like attribution of a card, you know, the identification of a card, greater assistance. You know, it, it, it's possible that not in our lifetime that we'll see uh, a 100% computer grading. It's just not practical. You still have to have that expert opinion involved to, to, to take that data that you get from AI and interpret that into an overall card grade. So, you know, AI is a big uh, uh you know, like you said, big buzzword. It is. It is a, an important technology. It's something that that we use, uh, and will continue to expand and grow on. But you know, really, a, a lot of the the technology I think that we're going to see in the card grading industry is some things we're already seeing. Uh, you know, one of the things that we're using right now is uh, we're we're using automation in the encapsulation process. Uh, so we have uh, um, automated robots that actually do the encapsulation process. So I think a lot of the technology in the grading industry we're going to see in the next 12, 24 months doesn't necessarily have to do with the grading process itself and the graders themselves. It's around the grader. It's the entire oper it's operational uh, technology. You know, like I said, our philosophy is we want a card to come in the door and never stop till it goes out the door. And, you know, the only way to do that is with new technology. Uh, and so I, that's that's definitely something that we work on and, and, and develop. And I know others are looking at that as well. And so I think that's where you're going to see the, the the next big push in grading as far as technology goes is is operations. You know, I, you, 
the amount of time it takes a grader to grade a card is finite. I mean, there's, there's, it just takes a certain amount of time. So you can't really, you can't speed that up. The last thing you want to do is tell a grader is, Hey man, let, let's go faster. We need more cards out. Um, that's foolish. You know what, but what we can do, we can control everything around the grader. So if that grader can only his, his or her job is only to sit in front of, of their desk there and grade cards all day, not have to worry about anything. Don't have to worry about supplies. Don't have to worry about getting orders or, or handing off orders. If I can streamline everything around them, those are levers I can control. Those are times I can control. I can speed up the process everywhere around the grader and maintain the grader's integrity and in grading. You know, I'm, they're not being influenced of, Hey, you need to do whatever, a hundred more cards today. You know, that that's just, that's not how you, you can't grade, you can't grade like that. So, so long story short, I think that's where our technology in this industry will be in the next year or two is, is, is an, on the operation side. All right. I lied. I have one more question. It just popped into my <laughs> head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, uh, you know, I always get to ask the question, I'm sure you do too, you know, should, should I get my card graded? You know, is this card worth getting graded? What is your kind of threshold and parameters for uh, recommending someone getting a card graded? Because I know that's really a, a big question for a lot of uh, collectors, including myself. Yeah, no doubt. It, it is a, a question that I get a lot. You know, my, my answer is always maybe. It depends. Um, not every card needs to be graded. And I know some people are going to think that's odd for somebody like me to say, but it, it's 100% true. You know, I'm at shows quite a bit, and I don't know how many times somebody's brought up a stack of cards. I've gone through it, and it's like, I would not grade any cards in here except for this one. I'm like, really? Why? Well, and, and the reasons are, you know, it depends on what your, your end, go, end game is. You know, what, what's the goal? Uh, are, you, are you grading to resell? Are these cards that you're flipping? Uh, is this part of your collection? Is this something you're going to sell down the road? So I think that's where you have to answer that question first, and then you know, what what and how to grade you know if you're if you're uh grading to resell then it comes down to uh your pre-screening what kind of grades you know minimum you want to send in and then the cost of the grading you know is this going to increase if this comes at back in eight are you even going to increase the value to make up for the grading fees you know those are the types of things you have to consider you know if this is your pc these are cards that are just you know primarily you're looking for protection obviously you want you want the best grades possible but you just want long-term protection you know th then the parameters change then it's uh you grade whatever you want to grade you know so that's the number one thing is what, what's the end game what, what are you looking to do and and then that that'll help guide you you know what needs to be graded Andy, I want to thank you for your time. We're speaking with Andy Broom. Andy is Senior Vintage Sports Card Grader at CSG, CSG Cards. Andy, uh, you is there an email address or, or some way people can contact you if they have a question about, about grading or CSG? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm on uh, Twitter quite a bit. Uh, the username's Card Grader. Uh, it's pretty easy to remember. But, uh, you know, on our website, we have a, a contact uh, link on there, and that, that – uh, you know, that can, anybody sends a message through there to the customer service can get to me that way as well. Um, th those are two of the quickest. Cool. All right, Andy, thank you very much for your time. I'm sorry to keep you so long. You can go back to grading now. I, <laughs> I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right. Thank you, Drew. We finished it. We finished another show. I can't believe we're already in mid-April. Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, this is, uh, we've got the baseball season going on. My birthday's coming up. Whole lot of stuff ahead. So looking forward to that. Very neat. Well, I want to thank Andy Broom from CSG. He is the vintage sports card grader at CSG for joining us. 
you uh, we've got a contest this week. We have a chance to win a CSG baseball cap uh, in honor of Andy showing up on the show, appearing on the show. Not I shouldn't say showing up, right? He we, we asked him, we invited him, he and he graciously he just joined us right on in here. Yeah, like, he just yeah, didn't, sure, pop, he just didn't pop in. <laughs> so Drew, why don't you let know people know how they can uh, enter to win a, a CSG baseball hat? Yes, if you don't have your chance to win, just send your address to ttmcast at yahoo.com or to our text line. That is 978-729-0662. If you email, just put you know contest entry as your uh, as your subject line on there. We'll make sure you get entered. That's right. And guys, I just want to let everyone know I'm going to be on uh, Sports Card Nation podcast as a guest with John Newman this Friday. So check that out. John's a, a good compatriot and a good friend. We, you know, we both do sports collectibles podcasts and, and we're not competing in each other. We're, we're, we're all in it for the same thing to promote the hobby. John's a great guy and I, I had a great time talking with him. So I will be on sports card nation podcast this week. Check it out on Friday. Um, I just want to remind everyone that Sam McDowell will be joining us. Just a reminder uh, next week, he has written a brand new book. It is called the saga of sudden Sam. The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of Sam McDowell. That is available on Amazon. And we're going to talk to Sam about his career as a major leaguer as well as his new book. Um, and I think that's it, Drew. You got anything else you want to add before I let, let you go? I think that pretty well covers it. Hopefully I'm going to have some uh, Rangers in-person stuff to talk about next week. And uh, looking forward to some uh, more minor league stuff coming up as well. Cool. All right, Drew. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate all your hard work. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. We went long this week, but we got a lot of content. Uh, please send us your comments, questions, concerns. We'd love to hear from you at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Drew, what's the email address one more time? That's ttmcast at yahoo.com. All right, wishing everyone a great week and many happy returns. We'll see you guys next week.